0: Hey, beautiful, you are listening to the Girl I Needed podcast, and here we bring you the raw truth about what it's like to be a single Christian girl trying to do life God's way. My name is Stationelle, and here we get real, we get vulnerable, we speak and seek truth with the Word of God as our source. I am so glad you are here. Let's get into this. Hi my sweet friends and welcome to the Girl I Needed podcast. I am your host De Chanel, and I like I said I thought I think I told y'all last week that I was in the Bahamas and when I record my next episode I would be home in my apartment and baby I'm sitting in my bed in my home in my apartment. I'm also doing laundry but the washer has stopped so I'm gonna quickly film this and then put the clothes in the dryer so y'all don't hear it but I don't know why I just told her that. But anyway, it is so nice to be back home. So nice to be talking to y'all in my apartment. Everything just everything just feels right, if that makes sense. Love the being home, love spending time with my family. But as an adult woman, Daisy, I truly, truly love living in Arkansas. I can't explain it. I don't know why. I love my family, but at the same time, I love Arkansas. And that's it. I can't explain it, like I said, but it always just felt like this is my place. Even if it's just right now, I don't know what God has planned for me in the future. But it feels right in this moment Um, that this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, and I like that. I love that. And I'm just right. I feel like I'm where God wants me to be. And that's I think that's why I love Arkansas so much. But... With all of that goes to say, like I said, it's good to be back, but I'm going to start today's topic. And today we are talking about how to be a good com- comforter. And sometimes it's just be- best to sit in a quiet presence when you want to comfort a friend. And the way I came about this is because I'm currently going through like... um I'm trying to like go through this series Uh, right now in this series we are doing the story of Job right now and honestly the story of Job it's kind of I don't know about Job but I don't understand like I'm just like reading along and I'm just like okay it's kind of sad like all this chastising and big words are being used and this that and the next but what I did take away from this story so far is how Job's friends wasn't good comforters and like I said, I just want to tell y'all about what we can learn from them and how to move forward to be good comforters to our friends. If the times ever come, hopefully your friends are living lavish, li- no, not lavish, but living great, great lives. And you're just like, man, we're just living life. Our hearts are full, we're happy, we're content in the season. life is great, but if there do, does come a time in your life where you have to support a friend, maybe we should talk about these things like how can we support a friend? Now, what what I think a lot of us do wrong and what we can see Job's friend do is we rush to conclusions. Um, Job's friends, they rush to conclusions into, as to the reasons of why they felt job was suffering. How y'all know why i suffering? Who are y'all? How y'all know why this happening? Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. But at the same time, the three of them, I think it was three at the time, but three of them, they thought they knew. And they were just telling Job, like, why, why this is happening, this and how he just needs to do this and this, that and the next. And that wasn't helping the situation at all. And the second thing I think that Job's friends, like, did out of turn was that they uh they kind of like, like I said, they rebuked him out of term. Because you know, like sometimes people would do, like something would happen, like a consequence would happen to someone. And you'd be like, man, Shelly, I think that happened simply because like you were doing this. Like, if you have a, like, as an example, this is the first thing that popped in my head. I'm so sorry. I don't mean no harm by this. I don't mean to offend, but if you have a child at a wedlock, like, let's like, just say, um, you have a child or a wedlock and you're like sad about that or like oh my gosh oh my gosh my parents are gonna kill me but blah, blah, blah. I guess you're 25 now so your parents probably won't kill you but like if you were a teenager 18 or like 17 or 16 and you're like oh my gosh my parents are gonna kill me like that is a consequence of having premarital sex So it's like people will be like yes this is actually it's not like it's like it's a it's a very big deal. And it is like, oh my gosh, what you're going to do? But it's like, like, you can see like that is what led to that. But Joel's friends was just out here telling him like, you need to like... They were just rebuking him and saying like, this, that, and next, and this is why this is happening. And they didn't know why it was happening. They were just rebuking him out of turn. Does that make sense? Hopefully, that might have been a bad analogy. I'm not even sure. But that's what popped in my head. So that's what I went with. But you see what I'm saying? Like, sometimes your friend may have done something that led to something else and you might be like, man, this is happening because maybe you did that. So maybe you should stop doing that so it doesn't lead to further thing. That's different. I'm talking about when a friend, like when you don't know why something has happened, don't try to come up with reasons in your mind or pull things out of the sky because you simply don't know. So those are some things that we see Joe's friend do. So those are things what we should not do. Number one, we should not, like I said, rush to conclusions. And number two, we should not rebuke out of turn. If you don't know, you don't know. But just to be like, okay, Dish, now, if I'm supporting a friend and I don't know what to say, or the things that are coming to my head is not true, and I don't know what to say, what could, I, what could we learn from Job's friends maybe what to do um, instead of doing these two things? And I think for what Job's friend did that was right is that they sat in silence with him and they offered him a quiet presence. Because I think in the beginning so in the, the story, before they even begin to speak, they sat with Job for a few days just in quiet, just in silence and sometimes that is the best thing we can do for our friends we can simply just sit there with them in the quiet spend time with them i've never gone through this but or will have to support anyone in this but a lot of times when people lose someone you don't have to like um like go to them and talk to them and be like oh my gosh i know you miss him so much like you don't have to say that like sometimes if especially if the person used to live with this person and now they're alone in the house, sometimes you can just go and spend the week or two weeks living with them, so they're not alone, because your quiet presence, or just you being there, just you supporting them, is good for their soul, good for them as they mourn, good for them to feel your support in that aspect, you don't have to talk, and talk, and talk, and talk, you don't have to feel the, you don't have to feel the, the noise, sometimes quiet is good, but sometimes you're presence is even better because your presence shows support okay a lot of times too like and as an example of that you can see like when people go to support people like if they're going through something and they go like maybe go to like therapy or something sometimes like people like go to Like the Alcohol Anonymous, and they would like invite people. I don't know why these things are coming to my head, you guys. I think I watch maybe too much TV, but (laughs) I don't even watch too much TV. But this is what coming to my head. But anyway, but you know, sometimes people would go there, and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like come and support. And the person would like be like, they would get the chips. All of this I learned in the movies, by the way. But they would have the chips, and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is like their two-year like sobriety thing." And their mom and dad would be in the back, like they're not talking. They're not a part of the group, but they're there in quiet support. So I feel like sometimes to comfort someone through something, you just have to be there in silence, showing them that if they do need you, or if they do need a shoulder to cry on, but you are there, okay? In the midst of it all, you are there for them. So be quick to listen. Point number two is you can tell them like when the time does come and you feel led to speak, you can tell them that God sees and hears them, okay? Okay. That is always going to be comfort to many, the heirs of many. And sometimes people need that friendly reminder. So you can tell them that all things, you can remind them of all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And sometimes this, this portion, obviously if it's happening, it's just a part of their story. But at the end, it's going to come together for their good. So just know that that is something else you can remind them of. The last thing you can remind them of is that they are loved. I think a lot of times we forget how easy it is or how great it is. Sorry, how easy and how also powerful it is to remind people that they are loved. I have never um, heard someone tell me either they love me or that I'm loved and be like, man, why are you tell me that? No, it's always good to hear in the highest of moments, in the in the lowest of moments, you can tell someone that they are loved. So you can remind them of that. And sometimes, always remember, like I said, in the choir's presence, it's best sometimes to say nothing at all. So you don't have to feel pressured to say anything at all. If someone calls you crying and they're on the phone and they're talking, sometimes you can just listen in the silence as they cry and support them like that. Or you can say, hey, I'm coming over. And you can just come over and sit with them as they cry or as they go through whatever they're going through. Because sometimes the choir's presence... And they don't even know, they don't even, they don't, they know they don't want you to say anything, but they just want you there because you're a friend and they value you there with them. But sometimes they just don't want to be alone. So just know that if someone calls you crying, don't panic. Don't know, be like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Let me go and find the answer. Let me Google an answer. Just know that you don't have to have the answer. None of us have the, none of us have the answer all the time. And I think that's incredible to know that you No one is entitled and no one has to, and no one is expecting you to have all the answers. And sometimes, like I said, a friend calls you and you just have to sit there and be and exist and, and don't, and maybe you can ponder on, on the, on the answer as well. I think a lot of times we feel like the pressure to have an answer right then and there for them. Sometimes you can just say, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to sit here with you. Or I don't know, but I can find out for you. I don't know, but let's find out together. Let's figure out what we can do together. How can I support you? How can I help you find out the answer? You don't have to have all the answers. No one is expecting you to have all the answers, especially if it has nothing in your area of expertise. Okay, that means that person definitely just call you for because they want you to be a listening ear, and that's all you have to be—be be a listening ear. But in all those in all those things, like I said, when you do feel the encouragement or or, um, or you do feel like you need to speak. Make sure it's life-giving. Like I said, Job's friends, they weren't very life-giving. They were just trying to find, like, the, like, what did you do? Why is this happening to you? Maybe you should do all these different things, but make sure your words speak life when you do start to speak. Make sure your words nourish the soul. If they're calling you crying, they're already hurt. They're already need, like, they're already, like... At the bottom probably of the barrel. Okay, so make sure you're nourishing them or trying at least to somewhat help and um, speak words that would mend their spirit a little bit. And make sure they are backed by biblical wisdom and wisdom on the whole. Um, wisdom and discernment that comes from the Lord. So you can be praying for the Lord for the wisdom any day and every day. So if the time comes that you do need to comfort a friend and encourage a friend, you got it. Um, But all of that I want to summarize to say... When you're supporting a friend, make sure you, number one, love with patience. You don't know how long that friend will need you to support them or need you to comfort them because different things like grief and different things like hardship, and like you might, that person might be affected by something for like two weeks that you may have been affected for for one hour. But you have to love them, but love them patiently through that because you can't rush the way someone. Um, is fully healed or fully get over something, you cannot rush them through that. So just love them patiently. That's number one. Number two, listen attentively, okay? Make sure that they have your full attention when you when they are going through it and when they do come over to your house or you go over to them or they call you and you see that they need you in that moment, just listen attentively. Don't switch the subject on you and just be like, I remember when I gone through that. I remember, yeah, I was. it's not about you in that moment okay everything is not about us sometimes you just have to support a friend and you can "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i understand i understand is a powerful statement so sometimes you can just be like i understand and listen to that person as they go on on and on and on and on and on and do not make it about yourself and number last but not least we talked about this a lot but support wholeheartedly Okay, sometimes that's all a person needs. Sometimes that's all a person wants. They don't want you to try and solve something. And you know, I think a lot of women, I've never been in a relationship, which I'll know. But I think a lot of women struggle with this with their significant others. Sometimes they'll be like confiding in their significant other. And he just wants to go there and solve it. And nobody wants you to solve nothing. We just want you to listen. And we just want you to say, I understand. Or we just want you to say, I'm there for you. Let me know if you need anything. But I hear you. I see you. I feel you. So do those things for a friend this year if it comes up. Hopefully, like I said, all your friends are just thriving and doing good. But sometimes things happen in life and they might not be big, drastic things. They might be small things like something may have happened at work with a coworker, and they just want to call you during their lunch break and vent to you. And you can do those things in that moment because by 5 p.m. there, I'd be completely over it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you were there for that 20 minutes during their lunch break that they needed you. Hopefully that made sense. Hopefully that was encouraging. Hopefully we both learned something from the story of Job this week. But I love you, love you, love you lots. Thank you so much for listening. Have the best week. See you next week. Bye.